This episode is brought to you by Element. That's L-M-N-T. What's Element? Element is the product that came into my life at exactly the right moment. I've been training hard. I've been sweating like a maniac. But unfortunately, after my sessions, I could never kick that feeling of dehydration. It didn't matter how much water I drank. In fact, the more water I drank, the worse it got. My body was telling me, you need more. You need electrolytes. But I refused to go and buy some sugary sports drink and put that garbage into my body. Enter Element. What's Element? It's a tasty electrolyte drink mix. That's right. I said tasty. They have seven different flavors. My personal favorite is mango chili. But most importantly, it's got no sugar. It's got no gluten. It's got no garbage. There's got no guilt. Take it. You'll feel better. You won't feel like a bum after you drink it. You won't feel any guilt after taking it. To get your element today, go to drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Again, that's drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Get yours today. Welcome to another episode of the Mahoney Advanced Training Podcast, where we're going to give you six tips and tricks to make you more efficient and effective in the weight room, the boardroom, and on the football field. And once again, we're going to do a recap of what happened at this week's challenge competition. That's right. I didn't say tag team. The tag team is over. We are now into the playoffs, and everybody's going head to head. But let's start with those tips. Tip number one, uh, this is not an exercise tip, but it is a gym tip. So if people are now back in public gyms, I am not. My brother-in-law was telling me that he's back in his public gym, and it just made me think of uh, why I'm so happy to not be back in a public gym. But he said, I can't find clamps anywhere. And I remember that was always a painful thing when I used to train our guys or even just myself in a public gym. So the tip is buy your own clamps, put them in a bag, and bring them with you to the gym every time you go to the gym. I'll say that again. Buy your own clamps, put them in a bag, and bring them with you when you go to the gym every single time you go to the gym. There is nothing worse than walking around the gym looking for clamps. And sometimes, as you're, when you find the clamp and you get back to your bench, your squat rack, your deadlift bar, whatever, somebody else has hopped on it. So make that little mini investment. This could also be a productivity tip, but that's my gym tip for you for the week. Okay, tip number two, something I am experimenting with. So we've talked about the prehab movement that I actually had gotten from my warrior diet book, and it was called the bow and arrow, where you take a, I don't know, a prehab band and you stretch it out as if you were in the shape of a person, an archer, shooting a bow and arrow at a 45 degree angle. Well, what I'm experimenting with now is doing it on one leg. So it's called a single leg bow and arrow. So it's really just working on balance. It's working on stabilizing my knee. It's working on stabilizing my body. But at the same time, I'm getting that upper body prehab movement at the same exact time. It uh, definitely takes that movement to another level. Okay, tip number four. Sorry, tip number three. Tip number three, a quote that I'm thinking about. No one can make you inferior without your consent. I'll say that again. No one can make you inferior without your consent. And this one comes from the great and powerful Winston Churchill. And as I was thinking through this quote or thinking about this quote, I feel like it hits on so many levels. So it could, it could come from a, a feeling, right? Can they make you feel inferior by their words or by actions toward you? How do you take it? How do you react? What do you do with it? That's one thing. So just the feeling. But then it could be they beat you in head-to-head combat. But it's really just as much on them as it is on you. Did you prepare enough? Did you train perfectly? Did you eat the right food? Did you do everything you had to do 
to win that event. And this is really critical, especially as we're getting into the playoffs of advanced training and guys are starting to self-reflect after a loss. Did they beat me or did I beat me? So I'll say that quote again. No one can make you inferior without your consent. Okay, tip number four, something that I'm watching that's moved me. I am watching, uh, I love this show, The Challenge, which is not where we got our name, Challenge, for what we do, but there's The Challenge on MTV. There's an all-star episode on Paramount. And one of the challenges was, yeah, guys, for everybody who gives me problems about riddles and puzzles, they put people on a plank over the edge of, a, I think that's 150, uh, I don't know, story building. So it's not 150 story. There's a 150-foot drop that they're going to drop. But they're on this plank. They're on the edge of that plank. And they're hooked up to a harness. But, and there's a, there's a, there's, they're gonna, they can drop. And why can they drop? They're given a math equation. So there's like these little blocks in front of them. The blocks have numbers. The blocks have plus signs, minus signs, multiplication signs, division signs. You can flip it around. And there's like a, a number a block with a, a multiplication sign, a division sign, whatever, another number, an equal sign, and then an answer. And what you have to do is rotate all those numbers around, all those uh, equation signs around until you get the right formula. That's what you have to do. Now, there's three people on a plank. So there's three different people. There's three different planks. If you, get, if you don't get it right, if somebody else gets it right before you, you are dropping 150 feet. So the math, it wasn't hard. It was like, I don't know, 3 plus 28 equals 31. You think that's easy, but then it's really not in a high-pressure situation with potentially dire consequences, especially if you're scared of heights. So people are up there. They're fumbling around trying to get this math, and they are just wrong over and over and over again because there's this pressure of, oh, my God, when am I going to drop? Oh, my God, when am I going to drop? I need to get this right. When am I going to drop? I love, again... I love that stuff. I love pushing people's minds to the ultimate limit, especially when it is involved, uh, involving their physical uh, movement at the same exact time. So that's why when we do our challenges, that is why I like to add in riddles. I just love it. And if you're thinking about sport, there's always a riddle, right? That quarterback is reading that outside linebacker or that strong safety as he's doing an RPO. There's a riddle. Uh, is he dropping? Is he staying? What am I going to do? Oh, by the way, there's some 280-pound defensive end trying to break my teeth in half, right? There's, it's the same type of thing. Those same riddles are happening in sports. People just don't want to admit it when we get into advanced training. So love the challenge. Good stuff. I am inspired by the riddles. But once again, the word, our name challenge did not come from them. It actually came from gangs of New York when uh, those gangs would say challenge. And then they would challenge each other to some duel to the death. All right, tip number five, a productivity tip. Tip number five, uh, if you are training alone and you are using heavy weight and you are doing some weight, like where I would say like a deadlift might be the best example. You could also consider it like a floor bench press. But if you're using heavy weight, what I would say is the first weight on that barbell should be a 45 and the second weight should not be another 45. So I'm looking about one side of a barbell. So instead of just using a bunch of 45s on one side of a barbell, what I would say is use a 45, and if your gym has it, use 35s after it. Why? Because once you start getting multiple 45s on one side of the barbell, it becomes really annoying to pick that barbell up and slip another 45 on the other side. I'd even say the same thing if you, even if you're not training alone. 
because uh, we, we've had it where we've had four guys training. It was just annoying to pick up one side of that barbell, especially when you got a ton of weight on the bar. Now, you might say, well, coach, eventually I'm going to run out of room, and that is true. But let's just say in the interim between you running out of room and you uh, doing your weight, use 35s instead of that 45. It's going to make things a lot easier. I'd also say that your gym has to have 35s. And uh, if you don't like that tip, the other tip, which is kind of effective, it's not perfect, is to take like a two and a half, put that on the floor and roll the 45s that you already have on that side of the barbell on that two and a half, and then makes it a lot easier to slide that plate, that other 45-pound plate, onto the edge of that barbell. The last, I guess, tip within this tip, and uh, we not everybody has them. I don't know what they even cost, but our, our gym used to have a thing, like a tool. It would be like a little lever that would pick up the dumbbell, the, the, sorry, the barbell for you. So you put your barbell on this little jack, you roll the jack back and it picks it up off the floor. You load all your weight on it and then you put the jack back down. Uh, the one thing that we struggle with is that we our gym only had one, so we had multiple people waiting for it. And two, you really need to make sure when that jack is up that you don't load too much on one side of the barbell because it's going to flip over the same way it would if you were doing a bench press or a back squat where you load too much weight on one side and then the thing flips over and kills you. All right. So that was my tip. If you have 35s, use them. I've been, it's me thinking about how I'm working out in my gym. It's one of the best moves I've made. It's, it saved me not only time, but backache, right? This is stupid. Like I'm perfecting my deadlift and then I'm hunched over trying to slide an extra two or three 45s on a side of my, my trap bar deadlift. So at least if, if anyone likes it, I like the tip. It'll work for me. All right. Tip number six, the strangest thing I saw all week. I'm going to actually divert this into another greatest thing I saw all week, keeping it on the, on the positive level. I just once again cannot speak highly enough about the training environment that is going on in advanced training. So we are in the playoffs now, and I'm thinking, all right, we have about 18 guys in the crew. Not everybody made the playoffs. Only the top 12 made the playoffs. And this week, the way it worked was the, the top four guys actually had a bye. So we were only going to have eight guys compete. So it means that maybe only eight guys were going to show up. And what are the guys who, all, if they do show up who aren't competing, do they even care? And what I continue to see is just guys push each other so much in, in any way, a positive way, uh, uh, get under their skin, but on purpose to make them better way. Everybody's trying to make each other better. And the other, like, so the guys come, even if I'm competing against you, I'm cheering for you. I, I saw it. Cortese was, and Strange were the first two guys to go. Strange was the first guy up, and Cortese the whole time is cheering him on. Uh, Strange is done. This guy was, he was always struggling with sliders, and I won't skip to what his time was, but you got guys immediately running up to him after. Man, you that was the best we've ever seen you do. We had guys who weren't in the competition that just between every set, reset up the weights every single time. Like these little weird things, I just I have super appreciation for it because to me, this is what makes going to every one of those sessions great. We had Jimmy Yuski come back first time in 19 weeks. Boom! Every, like, it's like he never left. Everybody was pumped up. Jacked me up that he came back. Didn't even tell me that he was coming. Uh, Joe Morechko came a little late. Everybody jumped on him. Like, what, what were you doing last night, man? What was more important than this? So, again, it's, it's really, you know, we, at this training, we're kind of setting up the, the platform for a good workout and good competitive environment. But it's the guys. It's the guys that make this so awesome. 
And uh, I love them. I love you guys. And it was the greatest thing I saw all week. Picks me up every single time because there's a bunch of positivity going around. And guys are making each other better. Now, let's get to what happened at this weekend's challenge. So as I mentioned before, we are out of the tag team. That's it. The way this thing worked. We had teams. They, were, they had tag team challenges every week. All that really did was set up the seating. So you got points when you won. You got some a couple of points when you lost. But it set up the seating for this NCAA-style bracket playoffs that we're in now. And now, like hyenas coming out of the womb, the team people that were on teams together are now have to eat each other, right? Now they're, now they're fighting for their lives one-on-one, head-to-head matchups. So now we are in week one. Week one is the, uh, the sweet 16, except we made it a little less sweet and we said, nope, 16 people aren't even allowed in the playoffs. So one through 12 make it, and if you're a one through four seed, you get a bye. So one through four seed, they have a bye this week. Life is good for them. They don't have to worry about competing. To the victor go the spoils. Now we have four matchups slated. So we got eight people that are supposed to go head-to-head. So the five through 12 seeds, they're going to go head-to-head. Well, the se- one of the matchups that I really wanted to see was the six versus 11 seed. Weintraub, the future, the guy that's been secretly killing it, versus Amorosi, an absolute legend at advanced training. But the night before, the night before we're supposed to go, Amorosi texts the group, I'm out. We think he had uh, some sort of business going on. He's a very, very successful guy outside of what he does in advanced training. He can't make it. And now Weintraub, the future, he gets an automatic bid into the Elite Eight. So Weintraub, sometimes it's uh, better to be lucky than good. I think you're both. And that's a big win for you. If you look through the archives, there's been other guys in the history of advanced training that have won challenge championships because every now and again their competitor just uh, didn't show up so you showed up you get the, the buy and I'm sorry the bid into the, sweet, the elite eight and you're going to be going head to head with Pete Baraji, the number three seed next week so now let's go to the very first matchup that I alluded to before we have Mark Strange going against Andrew Cortese one Cortese was the five seed Strange was the 12th seed and again to the victor goes the spoils Cortese you're the high seed you get to pick do you want to go first or second I'm going to go second. He lets Strange go first. Now, what is the challenge? So the challenge is going to be a 15-yard seated sled pull with 150 pounds on it. You're going to get up from that seated sled pull. You're going to go run over to a farmer's walk that has 150 pounds on it. You're going to pick that up and run with it. Sorry, the sled pull had 160 pounds on it. Don't want to shortchange these guys. You're going to go with a farmer's walk that has 150 pounds on it. You're going to run 15 yards with it. Then you're going to make your way over to a slider and slider back 15 yards. So the events themselves are not different than anything we've done all year. What is different is the order in which we do them. We normally start our events off with something like a slider. We, we seldom started off with the sled drag and end with the slider. So what was my thinking in this challenge? My thinking in this challenge was twofold. One, I wanted to see people work in the, an order that we hadn't worked before. And I wanted to make sure that if we had sliders in it, I, you know, guys usually will get so tired by the sliders, especially bigger guys, that they can't do anything else. So I'm going to keep the sliders last and see how do they react. Do they keep uh, everything in the tank for that slider? Or do they go all out and then they can't even finish a slider? So that was part of my thought. The other thought was is that I wanted to make something in round one that didn't favor one type of person. 
So if it was just sliders, it might favor the lighter guy. If it was just a heavy farmer's walk or a farmer's walk hold, it might favor just the, the, the bigger guy or the guy with big hands. So I was trying to mesh three things together that would somewhat balance out any uh, differences in the, the, the physical nature of the person competing. This was just my thought. If guys were equal, then who care, right? I just I kind of look at the crew and try to think what would interest me most with the guys in this challenge. This is the way I looked at it this year. In past years, I took uh, all the old challenges, spun a wheel. Actually, my wife spun a wheel, and that would pick what the challenge would be. For this week, for this challenge, I wanted to be entertained. Uh, it's my program, see rule number 15 of the Constitution. I wanted to be entertained, so I picked this challenge. So strange... Uh, Cortese says, Strange, you're going first. And now we're all kind of waiting to see how Strange is going to do. Remember, this is the guy that used to be puking during his, his sliders. Anyway, Strange goes first. And he, he actually, he like as I said before, he, he kills the sliders. Like he, you know, he, but this was a really hard workout. This was, it was like a little bit hot out. Uh, we, were, we were going at an extremely fast pace. We did have about five or six guys not show up for the, whatever reasons that they had. So there wasn't like there was a lot of breaks in between what we were doing in the workout. And the workout itself constantly had transitions from a sled pull to a slider, a farmer's walk to a slider. And so there was a lot going on. Strange gets no break right after the workout. He's the first guy. And he finishes in 46.28 seconds. And he doesn't look like he's going to die. Again, this is a, bit, a much bigger guy. This is a, an offensive lineman type guy. I think one of the only ones we have in, in the crew at this point, except for Joe Derrida. And he finishes in 46.28 seconds. Now, Strange, it, what I liked about what he had done before today was he showed that he could you, carry a heavy farmer's walk relatively easily, which he did. Uh, he's pretty good at a seated sled pull. So he, he did great. And not only did he do great, great in the first two events, he completely and totally sold out. And again, got that 46.28. But the young Andrew Cortese goes second, and it, while he is not the heaviest guy in the world, and he struggles with a few things like the sled pull, and the farmer's walk is rough. He has to two-hand that farmer's walk, but he, man, he picked up that farmer's walk with both hands, and he, he was going at a pace that was to, to, like, as fast as you could sprint with a farmer's walk in two hands. He did it, and then he obviously gets to the sliders and kills it, and now he finishes in 39.15. So, strange Good run. You were the 12 seed. You got eliminated by the 5 seed. No, no, uh, no disrespect in that. You gave it everything you had. And now Cortese advances to the Elite Eight. And he is going back for a head-to-head matchup with Tommy Yurchek. Yes, the same Yurchek that called him out and uh, made him do a head-to-head challenge and beat him a few weeks ago. The same Yurchek that Cortese used the Money in the Bank belt on a few weeks before that. So this is going to be... The, the third, not a rematch, I don't know what it's called, a rematch, rematch, it's going to be the third time where these guys are going either head-to-head or battling with each other uh, in an indirect way because the first time they didn't actually go head-to-head, Cortese just threw the, the challenge onto him and he had to go against Blanco in a dump, uh, farmer's walk hold for time. So this is it, man. I love it. I love that it all goes full circle. I am super excited for next week. Okay, the second event uh, this is another one I was super excited to see. This was the seven seed Shalasi versus the eleven seed Carol. Same, everybody's doing the same challenge. Everybody's doing the same challenge. Shalasi to the victor go the spoils. You're the seven seed. You want to go first or second? I want to go first. I want to set the tone. Wow, that is bold. I want to set the tone. I love it. You might see that one percent of the time at advanced training. Shalasi goes 
and he looks like he's shot out of a cannon. He gets it in 30.54 seconds. I'll say that number again. 30.54 seconds. Remember, Cortese, who was also shot out of a cannon, got it in 39 seconds. So that means Chalese was done and waited nine seconds before Cortese was done. Think about that. Just sit here for nine seconds in dead silence. I'm just kidding. But Chalese, 30.54. So now Carroll's got to go. Now Carroll... We know his, one of his strengths is his seated sled pull. We know he's got a really good grip, and uh, he's very good at a farmer's walk. Where he has said that he struggled, but I think he's gotten a lot better, is in the sliders. In fact, one year he, I'm sorry, one challenge this year, he actually yelled at me and said something like, you could have, uh, I don't know what he said, but he was mad that I made him do the sliders twice. He said, oh, I, I didn't give him a warning about a penalty on a slider, and he said, you could have told me that knowing that how bad I am on these sliders. Oh, it's about losing a slider. Anyway, that is good foreshadowing. As I'm rethinking it, he was mad that I forgot to tell him that there was a penalty for losing a slider on one of the challenges, which I did forget to tell him. And he said, you could have told me that because I'm so bad at losing a slider while I'm doing a slider. Having said that, Carroll goes. He too looks like he shot out of a cannon. He hits the, the sled pull at the same exact time Shalasi hits the sled pull. He hits the farmer's walk time at the same exact time Shalasi hits the farmer's walk time. He's in the slider. He's midway through the slider. He is legitimately on pace to either tie or beat Shalasi. And I'm thinking these guys are going to have to go again because it's going to be too close to call. And then, oh yeah, the foreshadowing happens. Carroll loses a slider. This guy is killing it. And then he loses a slider. And that's all it took, and Carroll finishes in 32.9 seconds. So in about two and a half seconds less than Chalasi, losing that slider really hurts. But the beauty of it is that you can just see and feel how much Carroll put into this last, that, that last leg of that slider. He, he was giving it everything he had, which is another reason. Another reason why I love advanced training is to see guys give it everything they got. Now, there's a little trick about sliders. Is like sometimes when you go too hard, you lose a slider. We've seen it before. I've done it myself. When you try to sell out, you will lose a slider. So it's like you got to go, like if you can, your top is 100 you might want to go 99. If you once you try to go 101, that slider slides out and it's over Johnny. So now Shalasi, he gets the win. Uh, Carol, he is out, and now Shalasi, he's going against the <laughs> the world. I don't know. I don't know what to say about this guy. He's going against Galley, someone that uh, scares me. So uh, this is going to be a great matchup. In fact, last year, in my head. I had thought that Shalasi and Galley would be the number one and number two seeds in the challenge or the tough man. And uh, I'm like, this is sick that they're going head-to-head this year. All right, then the last matchup, the eight seed versus the nine seed, the main event. This is the main event. We have the eight seed versus the nine seed. While you're the eight seed, you want to go first or second to the victors go to spoils. He said, I'm going first. And then I hear him say, I think the field's starting to dry up. So now Wallen is becoming a, the Tyrion Lannister of advanced training, trying to strategize a little bit, and he's right. The field is starting to dry up. And when that field starts to dry up and you're pulling that sled, you don't want to be the guy that goes later in the day and then it dries up and you can't move it. It's scorched earth, right? And we've seen before <coughs> that this can happen in a matter of seconds. Like, you can go, get back on the same toy, and 10 seconds later... It could be virtually impossible. It could be easy one second, impossible the next second. So Wallen goes first. 
this guy may have made one of the greatest transformations in advanced trading, I, I'd say at least in the last five years. Uh, this was a guy that would really struggle, like could hardly move on a on any sort of a slider, could barely pick up the, the farmer's walk, you know. It just really struggled. But man, Wallen finishes in 37.63. That beats Cortese, again, who looked like he was shot out of a cannon. So Wallen finishes in 37.63, makes his statement, bang! So now Billy Blanco's up. Now what scares me about Billy Blanco, he's wrapping up the day, He's got gloves on. Now, last week I said, I truly believe that when he carried that farmer's walk, might have been two weeks ago, yeah, two weeks ago, when he carried that farmer's walk with the gloves on, I think it was a mistake. To me, I think it's a mistake. I've done things with gloves. I've done things without gloves in advanced training, especially when it's super cold. And I've realized, at least for me, two things that I really struggle with are carrying a farmer's walk and doing that seated chain pull with gloves on because it's, it's just, it's rough. You really want to feel that chain in your hand when you go. So Blanco goes... And I forgot to mention this with Wallen. They both, on the start, on go, What happened, the way this rule works is you're sitting on the bucket and the chain's between your legs. And on my go, you pick up the chain. They both drop the chain. So Wallen dropped the chain. Blanco starts. He drops the chain. And I hear somebody say, don't worry, he did the same thing. So again, super positive energy. Guys aren't bashing each other. Don't worry, he did the same thing. You can make this up. And Blanco puts on one of the worst performances I've ever seen on a seated sled pull. It was really awful. Uh, and I'm not a mean guy. I'm saying this because I'm trying to lay the groundwork for the dramatic change that happens after he finishes the seated slip pole. So he finishes the seated sled pole, and I'm looking at my stopwatch, and it's at about 27 seconds. And I'm thinking, <laughs> this guy is going to take about a minute to finish the thing because he's got to be exhausted from the seated sled pole. How is he ever going to make up this time? He gets up from the seated sled pole, and perfectly executes like a downhill sprint to the farmer's walk and picks it up with like there's no transition time at all. Bang! He's up. He sprints with the farmer's walk. This is the same guy that deserves to be our number two guy with the farmer's walk. Sprints with the farmer's walk like Usain Bolt, runs around, hops on the sliders, gives it every damn thing he's got, and finishes in 43.6 seconds. Now you might say, what? Coach, you're setting me up for him. He's still lost. Yeah, he's still lost. But the time that it took him to do two events was like 16 seconds, which is insane. Like, he finished that, those last two events faster than anyone else finished any of the other last two events. And he had to have been physically exhausted from what he was doing with the sled pull. So the poor guy was like, uh, just doubting himself for the rest of the day. Like, what happened? Like, where did this thing fall off? On Blanco, I'm telling you right now, it fell off. In that seated sled pull, my guess is that it had to do something to do with the gloves, <coughs> maybe a little bit to do with technique. But for bigger guys who would freak out by something like this, there is a positive in this, in that that is something that is correctable, especially if you have insane core, upper body strength, big back, which Blanco has all this stuff. It's just a matter of honing in that technique. The hard stuff. The farmer's walk, like th those things are such small incremental changes because you have to work on your grip strength. Uh, you have to work, like, just even able to get the farmer's walk up. It's not like one day you're just going to all of a sudden add 50 yards onto your farmer's walk. That stuff is very incremental. Sliders, it takes time. You have to lose body weight. You have to gain relative body strength. 
with a lot of the stuff with that sled pull, it's just a matter of honing in the technique and it can change everything. So officially, Blanco is now eliminated. He is not in the Elite Eight. Wallen is in the Elite Eight. And Wallen, apology to the, to the victors go the spoils. Next week, you have the, the number one seed. You have the number one seed, Joe Marechko. So, uh, sorry, it's in two weeks. Why is it in two weeks? Because we have two guys, Chalasi and Future. They did the right thing. They gave me a week's notice and said, Coach, we, have a ba- we are going away in a bachelor party together. They didn't say we can't come. They said, can we reschedule the workout? We'll do anything. We'll come during a day of the week. We don't care. We'll go against each other. Uh, I brought it up to Baraji because he is one of the guys going against them. And he, he's a great guy. Uh, he's a man of honor. He said, postpone it a week. I don't want to buy into the final four because uh, future couldn't show up. He's like, how would I feel about that? That's why I love this guy. He's a, a man of honor. They don't make many men like him anymore. So next week, we're just going to do a tough man prep. The weekend after that, we are going to have our Elite Eight. We're going to have our Elite Eight. So I mentioned all that stuff before. This is really, it's getting sick. There's no, no Deadwood. There are all a bunch of dudes walking around in advanced training. So I am super pumped up. And uh, I already know the challenge, but I'm not telling. I already know the challenge, but you're not going to hear about it. The last awesome thing that happened yesterday, because we want to make everybody compete. We want, you know, guys to say, what do I do if I... Uh, not in the playoffs. What do I do? Nothing? No, you're going to compete. So we had people that were not competing in the playoffs. They worked on the PowerPoint challenge of the seated sled pull. There's a 230 pounds on the sled. You have 10 seconds to move that sled as far as you can. And uh, Weintraub, because he didn't compete, he was one of the people that went and he broke our record. So the previous record was 12 seconds set by Sean Mulligan and Tommy Yurchek. And uh, Weintraub got 15 yards. It, it's like there were so many guys. Most everybody got 12 or 11 yards. They're thinking, it's, okay, this is basically the time everybody's going to get. And Youngblood, sorry, Weintraub, with a technique that is, as Blanco said, he said, because there's a technique that most of our guys use where they lean far over the, the chain and they do these little short strokes and they pull the chain in. Weintraub is doing the exact opposite. He's leaning back. He is yanking the chain and he crushed everybody so that and with 10 seconds that three yards is a lot especially when there's 240 sorry 230 pounds on the sled so uh future as i said before don't sleep on this guy and uh baraji let's hope that he has a really good time at that bachelor party and loses a few steps and same thing for you galley maybe shalasi will lose a few steps on his bachelor party too all right people this is the end of this week's podcast enjoy the rest of your week this podcast is brought to you by MicroSky, your one-stop shop for IT and computer services. Now, I've been a customer of these guys for years, and here's why. They make things easy. My computer had died. They came, picked up my computer, recovered all my data, and then set me up with a new computer in three days. Fully loaded, I just pressed the on button, and I'm ready to go. Made my life super, super easy. Now, they don't only specialize in computer repair. They also specialize in cloud backup, data recovery, cybersecurity, and IT support plans. Do not be like me. Do not wait until your computer dies to get in touch with these guys. Visit microskyms.com slash contact. Microsky, that's S-K-Y-M-S dot com slash contact. If you want a free month of cloud backup, make sure you put AT2020 in the referred by field in the contact form. Again, that's AT2020. Do not wait like I did. Contact them today.